Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Focus Seedcast. I'm your host, Focus, and today I'm talking with Lars, Beyond Mountain Nursery in New Hampshire. We do a little bit of a season wrap-up today, talk about what grew well for us, what didn't grow so well for us, and some plans for next season. But before we get into the episode, I'd like to give a huge shout-out to Marilyn Masher of Manifest Destiny Seed Co. He's graciously donated some packs of seeds for Patreon supporters. You can find him on Instagram at Marilyn underscore Masher. And if you'd like to support the show, you can find me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Focus I'll also be dropping some Patreon-only episodes for supporters, as well as coming up with a new podcast schedule. New episodes will now drop the first Monday of every month. Without any further delay, let's get into the episode. What's up, Lars? Not much. How you been? They're pretty good. Working a lot. I'm sure you are yeah. as well. Yeah, it's mellowed out a little bit. Kind of wrapping stuff up. Still got to still got to get garlic in the ground though. So that's kind of weighing on me. Yeah, same here. I got to get my garlic in and get all my beds mulched and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. so I thought we'd do like a little season overview. Um, I guess if you want if you want to start or I could start kind of I thought we'd talk about like what we grew this year. Yeah, it was a weird year, of course, everybody knows, but especially if you're a gardener. I don't know if you guys had the drought that we had up here. Um had, a little bit in the beginning of the year, yeah. Yeah. It, it was bad, not so much in the beginning. It was like it was like towards the end kind of or yeah, I don't know how long it was. It seemed like a couple of months we didn't get rain. So that was kind of tough. But other than that, it seemed like a pretty good good growing year, really. And trying to think what did really good. Our squash did really good. Although, I was going to ask you about squash. We had a bunch, like, I grew those crookneck, the Canada crookneck butternuts, you know. And they a bunch of them split like the full length of the squash. I don't know if you'd ever seen that before. Okay. Yeah. I had that happen a couple of my winter squashes. Uh, it's a lot to do with watering. So if they yeah. don't get like tomatoes, I guess it's the same thing where, you know, they don't get water for a while and then they get a bunch of water. It just splits the fruit. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Garlic. I love my garlic. That's what I'm always most excited about <laughs> every year. Yeah, it looks like you had like a bunch of varieties this year. Yeah, yeah. I think you I sent you most of them except for our soft necks. There's one uh Polish white soft neck, I think. They just got huge for us. Super excited about those too, but I didn't want to send you cloves cuz I might have I don't know how clean or healthy they are i mean they look okay but who knows i know garlic can harbor some kind of detrimental diseases and viruses and stuff if you're not careful so yeah i think i got i think i got some of the um i'm not i don't even know what the scientific name is but some of those root nematodes a couple years ago okay yeah but i still can't be sure I just, it's more of a hunch than anything, I guess. Yeah, you don't want to pass those around. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it was. I got a couple pounds as a gift of German extra hardy, which is a wicked common variety up here anyway. Yeah, yeah, I grow that, yeah. 
That's yeah. So somebody, somebody gave me two pounds and I think that was the one that I started getting some super rotten bulbs. And I don't know. I had a friend tell me that she thought it was maybe the nematodes, but I can't really be sure. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's like white rot too. Yeah, yeah. Is it visible? Is it a visible thing? Yeah, it looks like the plant like will kind of stunt, and then you pull yeah. it out, and it'll be like weird. It's like a weird kind of rot. It's not like you're, you know, yeah. it'll be like soft, but still kind of still kind of growing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. These are more like when you pulled them out, looked around the root kind of the crown of the roots it was like the paper you know around the bulb was kind of not really eaten but looked like you know looked like it had been eaten a little bit like by my microscopic beings you know like nematodes or something it's hard to tell but and then some of the paper would kind of yellow up the side of the the bulb and so this is later, like right more towards harvest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had one year that I got a lot of like rot, you know, and maybe that was something else because I haven't really seen it since. And I was reading up on them a little bit and uh seems like a test. You can take a, one of your clothes that you think is a, afflicted with nematodes and you can kind of chop it up real thin. And this guy put it on like, even on a on a plate really and added a couple drops of water and like a drop or two of hydrogen peroxide and you could see nematodes like swimming around in there oh wow Um, and i did try that and i didn't see any nematodes so who knows (laughs) but i didn't want to send you anything weird anyway so that's all good yeah yeah so i did I didn't do well with my beans this year, so no, that was no. You, you had <laughs> you had some critters get to them, right? Yeah, I had like a bunch of rabbit problems, and I also planted yeah. them along the fence, like my rattlesnake pole beans. I plant them on every year, and I yeah. didn't prep it as good this year. And I was like, oh, they'll do fine. And I even went back and you know tried to sow like another round, and I just gave up every huh. single every single plant for the most part at the bottom just was like just got eaten wow yeah you must have old seed right from last year yeah it's seed from last year yeah yeah yeah, i got i yeah i don't always i don't plant out my whole stock seed from i keep a little bit from every year so yeah eh, i missed a year but um i did do the uh red dutch lima beans and those came out awesome so oh yeah yeah i'm gonna send you in my next round i'll send you some seed of that yeah that'd um, be cool yeah i really like them they i did jacob's cattle did this uh same same like a 40 foot row both of them uh yep. not next to each other but like a few rows apart and yep. I, I got like three times the harvest off of the, the lima beans yeah cool cool so, yeah i've never i've never really eaten much for lima beans so i'll have to test them out <laughs> yeah i still gotta taste them hopefully they taste yeah. good but yeah <laughs> I, I think they'll be I mean, it's it's a bean. It can't be that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So I've always I've always wanted to grow black beans. We we really like black beans over here. We just made a soup tonight and last night, two different soups. So, but <clears throat> I've never really looked into like how many 
square feet of black beans i'd have to grow to get us through the winter you know <laughs> yeah well, that's, yeah that's what i was thinking with the jacobs cattle i was like oh maybe this could be like my dry i've grown in the past this is actually a, a seed increase for for when i grew it like four years ago yeah and i had the seed i was like oh, i'll do an increase this year and see if it does well yeah and if i get enough seed i'll sell it or whatever and it's just it's just not worth it and then the yeah. live beans are a different species so i can grow like my pole beans and stuff right next to it and I don't have to worry yeah. about cross pollination. So I'm Yeah, gonna, that's a nice, yeah. nice thing. So yeah. that's that's my plan for next year is more lima beans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just do what do what does good for you for sure. It's a good call. Yeah. But yeah, it's, well, uh let's talk about tomatoes. What did you Because uh, I know you did some tomatoes. You did some tomatoes for seed as well. Yeah, just did the uh, Sunrise Bumblebee for seed. And um, yeah, I'm like totally a collector by heart, you know. I want I want one of everything, which I kind of, you know, sort of a new thing trying to save seed this year because I'm all, you know, tomatoes, I'm always like in the past, I've always bought 14 or 15 whatever different varieties and grown a couple of each you know and uh i have a little hoop house where i live here and i like every plant is usually a different tomato but luckily i had this other this other garden spot so i could do pure seed of the sunrise bumblebee and that was fun and uh, I was actually blown away by how much seed you can actually get out of those things. Yeah, you got a ton, ton yeah. of seed from those. I could have, I mean, I could have had way more than that, you know. Um, yeah, super fun. Salmon seed is super, super soothing. Yeah. Something about it is really cool. Yeah, I like doing the tomato too. That's that's always kind of fun. Yeah. It's always like one of the first seeds too of the season you get to save. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I did uh, German Yellow, San Marzano, and Oxheart. My Oxhearts did not do that great because I just let them – well, I let everything except for the German Yellows just kind of go on the ground, and those got eaten. Yeah, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah like, I, huh. I think I had, like, four or five that I actually got out of it. Interesting. Yeah. Saved, so. Um, but the German Yellows did good, and the yeah. San Marzanos did pretty good. Yeah, yellows cool. are great though. So I got a ton of seed from those. I think I sent you yeah. some. Did I send you tomato seed? I think so. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll have to check them out next year. Yeah, I've always, I've always definitely liked cherry tomatoes more than. I mean, we don't eat it. We don't eat a ton anyway. But so I've always kind of stuck to cherry tomatoes, and we haven't really gotten the whole canning thing down, you know. <laughs> So it's always a not opportune time of year <laughs> for totally, <canning>. yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah. yeah, sure, I'll do it. And then it's like, you know, August right. and you're like, yeah, I got like fifty other things to do. So yeah. not happening. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um Yeah, but next year I'm not I haven't really I haven't really started making a seed list yet. So but you sent me that nice pack of steeds, so definitely grow some of those out. Yeah, I got kind of an idea what I'm gonna do, but yeah, I gotta sit down and kind of actually yeah. put it put it on a spreadsheet and 
figure out what's going on. But I did yeah. I did a lot of greens this year, so I'm actually processing like my radish seed right now, arugula. Yeah. Um, I did some vivid choy, which is pretty cool. Huh. Um, it's like it's a uh, it's a bok choy that um, oh, oh, wild garden seed. Frank Morton he bred that, so yeah. it's like uh, it's like purple. It's like a bok choy, but it's like purple with like purple pinks. The even the stems well, are like real purple, real pink. Yeah. And it's like a kind of nice spread through the population and kind of the coloration. So yeah. I got a bunch of seed from that. Sweet. Uh, that's yeah. that sounds nice. And that those are all they're not biennial. No. They flower the first year. Yeah. Um I do have some that didn't. So it might be I don't know I don't know if it's like some are bolted, but they I mean they held long enough. Like, you know, they held for like a few like at least a couple months, which is fine, you know. Yep. Yep. So Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we've got a bunch of, I don't think our beets, well, how do you, do, have you ever saved seed from beet? I mean, you got to bring them in to a root cellar over the winter, basically. Yeah, I, gonna... yeah I've never, I've never done it, um, yeah. but you can, I know people who, you know, yeah, just put in a root yeah. cellar, I've heard people yeah. pack them in sand or, or whatever. Yeah, I had big plans to build a root cellar this fall, but. Again, didn't happen. <laughs> Ground is still soft, though, so maybe yeah. we could still do it. But who knows? <laughs> yeah. But um, I know uh, Brian at High Ground Gardens. He does. He does a lot of carrots. So I mean, if he can do it, then yep. I feel like because his his growing season is crazy short. Yeah, so. that's a good. That's a good point for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got, I mean, my whole house is like, whole, well, two corners of our house is just stacked with squash, you know, but it's right next to, it's like squash, wood stove, you know, <laughs> it's like, that's not ideal for storage of crops, but, um, but yeah, I, I like that being able to bring stuff in and, and then put it back out for its flower you know, for a seed crop next year. That's pretty cool. I'd like to do, I'd like to do that. It's almost like the more, the more challenging it is, I kind of, you know, kind of makes me want to do it more. Like yeah. you, you know, I was unimpressed with my, my Butte Jalokia hot peppers. And then you told me that the hots don't seem to really, you know, they're a little bit harder to get pollination and um, makes me want to like get a good crop of, of Bucciolochia seed now. <laughs> yeah, start them early, man. Start them real early, like yeah, February. I, I usually I get good. I mean, I get good peppers, you know, but just those those couple really didn't do very good for some reason. But actually, I found uh, uh man, I'm forgetting the name, but Cherapita, a little Cherapita pepper, I think they're called. It's like everything kind of died in my greenhouse. All the tomatoes are frosted, and you know, my my greenhouse is not very tight. It's like so it gets it gets cold in there. I'm not trying to really extend season too far, but and uh, we had harvested all these other little peppers, and I'm kind of digging around in there, picking. I've got 
parsley still, you know, I've got stuff, still edible stuff kicking around in there. And I was down picking something and found these little peppers that I hadn't seen yet, you know? And I think they're called cherapita, these little cherapita peppers. Are like so the, are those the small round ones? The real small yeah, round ones? Yeah. Yellow. Yellow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I pop one in my mouth and it was like wicked hot. It's this tiny little thing. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll taste that. And that'd be wicked hot. But and I did get two. I got two Butte Jalokias and I don't think we I might have nibbled on a little, but I don't even we didn't need them. <laughs> I should have saved some seed, but well, you just, just tossed them. And they uh, they're I uh, it might be dried out, mixed in with my other peppers. I don't even know what ended up happening to it. <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah, I was gonna go back to um saving like root crops over the winter. I actually saved some of the potatoes from that from that seed grow out I did. So I'm gonna overwinter those and, and plant them back out next year. Yeah. So that seems super exciting. Yeah. Definitely. I like potato that's I feel like it's a good potatoes are easier. That's like, you know, I feel like it's yep. and these are tetraploids, I believe. So um yeah, uh Chris from Esoteric Agriculture was saying they're a little bit easier to overwinter. Okay, yeah. And the diploids. So they And do they stay pretty dormant? Do they, did I read somewhere that the that they flower out more than the diploids too? Yeah. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't get that many flowers this year. I think because it was so hot and dry, especially like June, July, like time, it just, I don't know, the, the flowers were just like abort and that, and that would be it. And I think I got yeah. maybe like 15, 18 berries that are still sitting down in my, my basement that I got to like crush up and get the seed out of, but. Yeah, like that was it. So I'm hoping yeah. that the tubers that I save will be like way more prolific. Yeah, yeah. You can't taste any yet, right? Because you only have a couple of each. What the potatoes? Yeah. Have you cooked any up of the of your seed crop? Yeah, yeah. I just didn't get any. Uh, like the flowers just didn't make roots, but I got a lot right. of tubers. Okay. I got yeah, like yeah. probably like three shopping bags like paper oh, wow. big shopping bags full of tubers so not i mean it yeah. wasn't like and it's a four it was a 140 foot row so it was they're all all different right all different crazy yeah, that, crazy that's got really cool big yellow like white flesh kind of ones that i got like purple some of them are like pink some that you cut them open there's like a ring in them that's purple mm. it's like yeah it runs everything but it's cool i'm gonna keep yeah. like what's that how does that work each each plant i mean each plant is making like one variety of potato though right you're not yes. getting all sorts of variation per on each plant no no like each yeah it's it's the tuber is that, that one tuber for that plant yeah so that's cool that's but i cool. probably have like because but there i mean there's some consistency so there's probably like i want to say four or five like phenotypes or something yeah like that like across huh. that population and so i'm just gonna uh -huh. save potato i just saved the biggest and the best looking ones from kind of all of them and i'm just gonna yep. keep it as like that population kind of see what fleshes out cool. as being the best so yeah that's pretty fun that's fun for sure <laughs> yeah 
And well, fingerlings, I mean, they'll all, they'll all interbreed. Yeah. Like fingerlings with, you know, anything else. Yeah. I mean, if you let them go to flower, I don't see why now, unless it's, uh, the only thing I think of like, if there's problems between the different polyploids, there might be some weird okay, yeah. stuff that like doesn't, that might be sterile or something, but yeah, but generally, yeah, I mean, they'll cross pollinate. Yeah, that's cool. I agree with those Amarosa. They're beautiful, like bright, hot pink inside when you cut them open. Those are nice, but I've got some potato issues up there. I didn't get, we didn't get great potato crop. I mean, we're, we have plenty to eat, but the plants died really, really soon. I think it's a blight. blight. Some yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah the you... trouble trouble with using a garden that has already been gardened for 30 years it's like <laughs> the soil might be good it might be depleted and you might have some issues for sure yeah i think we're running we're running into a little bit but <clears throat> you could always do some foliar sprays and stuff too yep yeah so i don't know if you did any of that Nah. no no i mean we put in good effort up there but it was kind of minimal we put in a lot of work, but it was kind of like get it in and reap the benefits. <laughs> that's basically how we did it. Yeah, it's hard too when you got a spot that's like a, a pretty good drive. So yeah. when you got to go up there, you got to kind of make it worth it. So this this year was crazy. We were driving all over, all over the Northeast, trying to keep plants alive and harvest. And <laughs> but it's a good problem to have for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> So what else what what else did well for you this year? I mean our squash did great. That was really good. Um you know, root crops. I think I go I think I go overboard with with seeding too heavily, you know. Because we got a lot of carrots. Carrots did good, but they're all pretty small. I think I just way overplanted and didn't thin them out enough. So oh, okay. But uh, what else? There's a lot that we didn't get in the ground that, that next year, like herbs. We're going to do a ton of thyme, a ton of rosemary next year. And we didn't really grow any of that this year. And um, Beans, our beans did really, did really well. And uh, what else? We grew some huge kohlrabi. Kohlrabi did great. <clears throat> Um, but I haven't really found a way that I like, like to eat kohlrabi. You got any experience <laughs> with kohlrabi? Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. I mean, I usually roast it with other like root, like vegetables and it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I've, I've seen people make into like slaws or do like, uh, yeah, like, almost like, um, oh, you know what my brother-in-law does sometimes he'll do like kohlrabi and like turnips, but he'll do like, uh, it's like a gratin, so it's like sliced mm. with like cheese and stuff, and bake that. Yeah, that and sounds like it could be. Yeah, good, yeah, yeah. He's made that a few times, and it's been really good. So yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, <clears throat> I really abused my man. I love Brussels sprouts, and I've never been able to grow good Brussels sprouts. But so it seems like every year something happens too. And this year is just they're the like last thing in my greenhouse which is probably not 
<laughs> the right environment for young Brussels sprouts anyway. But I start most of my stuff in my hoop house and it was like getting into summer and my Brussels sprouts are still in, you know, a tray rooting into the ground in my, in my greenhouse. And so I brought them out, got them in the ground and they grew really big, nice, big, healthy plants, but they just didn't make sprouts, you know, I don't know if you got any Brussels sprout tips for me. I do chop, chop the tops of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like August. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause obviously like when you take out the terminal growth side shoots and that, so it'll put more into making the actual, you know, the little, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause those are technically just, you know, nodes, but their leaves are so compact that they just kind of. Right. I find like every time I grow them, I get really loose, really loose sprouts, you know? Yeah. Like not much to them. Yeah, try that. Just top them all. Yeah. Yeah, I'll try that next year for sure. Yeah. Seems like I'm always jealous of, you know, friends who don't even garden that much will get like super nice Brussels sprouts and like, you know. Yeah, I've had hit or miss. It's just their season's so long. Yeah. So like a lot of the problems I've had in the past is you get aphids or you get uh, yeah. like but you don't get aphids like on the – you get them like inside of the, you know, uh, like the Brussels sprouts because it's just, you know, like the leaf kind of grows over and they're like in there yeah. and it's just – you cut them open and it's just uh, – yeah, nobody wants to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's uh, out. We have to deal with slugs like that up here sometimes. Any lettuce I've tried to grow, like I've grown some head lettuce and then you'll just peel – each leaf is like – just slugs in there yeah. we have we have bad slugs up here though yeah yeah so what were the beans that you sent me i forget the name now <clears throat> yeah those are uh what are they conchador oh, conchador okay. i think the yellow right yeah yep yep okay and they're they're pretty good but i realize they they seem to mature pretty quickly i think you know they like we started picking them when they were started to get fill out and some of them were a little bit tough at that point so i think they're being that you really want to harvest when they're nice and small yeah they remind me of like the french style green beans that are like you yep. want to harvest them when they're real small and tender because those seeds are, yep. that's like literally the smallest bean seed i've ever totally seen. I've, small I've, yeah yeah Yep, and I've grown yeah. other varieties that are like, you know, you harvest them when they're young and tender, but even then, the, the seeds are never that small. Yeah. So that, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. But super prolific. I mean, those plants were just like more beans than leaf almost, you know? They're just underneath. It's just like a ocean of beans under there. So that was that was fun growing those, but I'll probably grow something else next year, I think. I we make or I I love those dilled dilled beans, you know. And uh so we'll probably grow something a little more uniform and bigger, a little bigger next oh, year. Okay. Yeah, it's like for pickling or whatever. Yeah. 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 But your uh those what were the ones? You painted serpent, were those the ones that you grew? Oh the rattle the, the rattlesnake. The, the rattlesnake, yeah. 
those are such a flavorful bean. I was so blown away, like fresh, fresh eating. Those are so good. You know, I've seen them before. I've just never bought them. And, and I'm glad you sent me those because, man, I was impressed. I'll probably yeah. grow them every year. Yeah, those th- that's an improved variety too. So I spent five years, like, selecting that from yep. – from the heirloom so it's a little bit different if you grew the if you got like an heirloom it'd probably be interesting like, it'd probably be a lot different yeah what do you what do you select for when you select um mostly uh like just just for it to grow well and be prolific i really wasn't and i i actually started kind of selecting it as a dry bean like three years yeah. ago and yeah. i was like oh well i could kind of do both with it they're a little bit larger than the um than like the heirloom variety yeah yeah Um, they seem big they're they're like longer and a little bit more thick but they're still they're still tender so yeah it's a little bit so they're not quite i mean you they're fine as like a dry bean but they really are like a a green bean but you can use them for both which is yeah i think it's fun yeah no they're great and they they produce you know, much longer than bush beans, of course, or the variety that I grew anyway. So I found that we were eating those those rattlesnake all year, you know, pretty much. It's like, so that was cool. I'm definitely going to grow a lot more of those because we were eating those when there was kind of nothing else to really eat. But, but mine were in my greenhouse too. So, and, but some of them were fat. I mean, the beans are like, pretty hefty and maybe that was partially because they were in the greenhouse too but oh yeah i was really impressed no some i've of got the pod- some like po- yeah the pods Huge get ones. like big yeah 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 some of the pods were almost pure purple too i don't know if you run into that yeah sometimes and like even the seed like i'll have ones that are like the like the brown molted spotted and then i'll ones have that are like almost pure black yeah interesting it, it, yeah they'll be like kind of mixed in there but i haven't yeah. i haven't noticed that if i plant one or the other i get like a certain type of you know like pod Either color uh, yeah yeah often. yeah it's just kind of I, I kept i did keep the purple potted ones separate so yeah, <laughs> see, yeah see what happens <laughs> yeah, yeah. i don't know if... yeah yeah <clears throat> the other thing that we did um, those Dickinson pumpkins. Those things, I mean, pump, pumpkins get huge, but but those Dickinson pumpkins are a are a moshada, right? A butternut. Maybe. Those things, maybe. Those, yeah, I don't know. Those, they maybe. got huge, and uh, yeah, I cooked half of one the other night, and we just had like this monster bowl of pulp and we made a couple pies but i think i gave through the rest of the compost because it was just like we didn't get it in the freezer but but yeah those are prolific too those did pretty good for us but i think it was sort of like one big squash per plant too so okay i'm curious how they hold if there's that much like water in them like i couldn't believe that yeah i couldn't believe how wet it was I had it in like a, a pan with just like little one inch sides, you know, and I opened the oven and it's like, like full of liquid and I dumped it off and made a mess and then baked it more and went in there again and it's full again. It was like a super wet 
super wet squash. I'm not sure what's up with that, but but tasty, tasty though. And I mean, I got them. I'll I'll see how long they last. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, I'm thinking if it's got more water, it might not stay. Yeah. You know, might not store as long. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. You never know. Yeah. It's got a tough enough rind. Yeah. But, um. Oh yeah, how'd you do with the cucumbers? Cucumbers were pretty good. Again, I should have kind of designated better space. You know, I just kind of stuck stuck cucumbers in here and there. You know, um, I had big plans to do seed crop, um, a cucumber seed crop, because I've got my place here at the nursery in Bethlehem, and we got this other garden, Sugar Hill. And then I've got my property in Vermont and property in Vermont is like way out. It's like a mile out, you know, a class six road, you know, it's like a riverbed almost driving out to my property. Um, and I thought it'd be great to do the Burgess buttercup for seed. Um, and then I just had a bunch of extra cucumbers too so i ended up putting out a bunch of cucumbers out there and uh the lemon those lemon cukes which i love i love those little cucumbers i think they're super good they're super crisp and i think they're really nice little cucumber um so i ended up with with all my squash got eaten out there some of the cucumber but those things are so prolific that i still got like bushels of cucumbers you know and I just, we ate a bunch, but I just let a ton of them go way past ripe for seed crop out there. And, uh, yeah, they did great. Um, I'm not sure if I sent you any of those yet. I still, I've got, yeah. I've got to get so. you another batch of stuff. Um, pepper seeds. I've got pepper seeds for you too. The apple sweet pepper, like a, a bunch of them. Um, <clears throat> But I can't tell what's what's going on. I haven't done a seed test with those lemon cucumbers yet. But it's like seems like a lot of the seeds are are not swelled out, you know, they're they're kind of caved in and flat. Oh, uh, okay. So and I'm not sure if those are still viable or not. Yeah, they might not be. How did you yeah. how did you process them? Did you ferment them? I did ferment, yeah. And then you yeah. just did you strain everything or did you pour off? whatever floated to the top i usually do i mean i'm not doing a huge scale of seeds so i've got like you know i think they're like two gallon little plastic buckets you know so that's what i did all the cucumbers squeezed all the cucumbers seed in there added i think a bit of water but maybe not as much as i would for tomatoes um and <clears throat> so you know stir it all around good so everything's kind of broken up you know big clumps of seed and uh let it ferment until <clears throat> i think i can't remember whether i let mold form or if i just waited to see bubbles starting to rise you know um but yeah then i'll take it and really mix it up good and i usually pour it in like a half gallon canning jar so i can see you know glass jar i can see what's going on in there and if i was doing a ton more seed i'd have to change on my ways but for at least these little batches of seeds can work pretty good 
then I'll put the cap on and really just shake it all up and then let everything sink, you know, let all the salt, the hopefully good seeds sink to the bottom. Then I just pour all the sludge off and I'll do that, you know, four or five times with fresh water and, um, you can kind of really wash them by slot, you know, shaking the bottle, putting the cap on the half gallon jar and really shaking it up and do that probably four or five times and end up with pretty clean water and most of the sludge is gone. And I do pour off a lot of seed, you know, seed that's floating or yeah. kind of not, not sinking very quickly. I'll pour that off too. So. Okay. Yeah. It might be viable then. Cause I mean, usually most of that will, will float to the top. I yeah. mean, I do the same thing. I'm just doing it in a five gallon bucket. So. Yeah. 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 We'll see. I'll, I should do a, a germ test here at some point, but yeah, it's, that's the next thing on my list. Once I get everything processed is doing germination tests. So I'll do a germination test on um, the beans and those tomatoes you sent me to and see, yep. see yep. kind of where they're at. But I mean, the seed looks real. I mean that, that uh, the tomato seed looks really nice, really healthy. Yeah. Good color. So yeah, I was happy with that. Yeah. Those should be, those should be pretty good i think and the yeah. beans too they should be pretty solid too yeah definitely yeah and uh yeah i still have a, i still have a bunch of random stuff that i want to send you to bunch of scarret i got a bunch of scarret seed which i'm yeah. excited about so. yeah i totally i totally killed like half of what you sent me so <laughs> yeah that i i sent other people stuff too and it really it's not nearly as easy as I expected it would be. I mean, I guess it's smart to really wait until like cooler weather. And so that was trial. You know? Yeah. No, but, I, I brought back that Kiwi. Um, Chesson's doing all right. Those two, uh, the two um, pine nuts, those are doing great. That's good. Yeah. Cactuses. Those, I mean, those are, you could like chuck those things throw them yep. in a ditch and they'll be fine <laughs> totally but, um, yeah. do yeah. you guys have pawpaw trees down there or? yeah yeah we do um my buddy yeah. actually does um he does pawpaws commercially that's right industry. you're, you're yeah. telling me that yeah he's like right down the street so they're surviving up here i mean i think they say that we're 4b up you know but i'm on top of the i'm at i don't know what our elevation is but we're up there. We're like highest. What do they say? We're the highest town east of the Rockies or something like that. Oh, really? <laughs> that, oh, wow. Bethlehem is. Yeah. <laughs> I forget the elevation. I should know. But, um, but uh, so we have definite microclimate up here. We get a lot more snow, which helps, you know, insulate. And, but I've got a couple of pawpaw trees that are four or five years old in the ground and they're like doing well, you know? No, oh, nice. So. I was starting a bunch of those from seed and start, I started those pine nuts from seed too. And they take like those ones I gave you are probably three years old. Oh, I wow. bet at, at like three inches tall, you know? Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> so those are pretty slow, but yeah. Yeah. But the skirt, the skirt's fun. Cause, uh, they seem to really vary when you sprout a bunch of scarret seeds. They all seem to have different root structure, you know? So I think you could actually find some really nice, big, fat tubers, you know, or maybe longer roots or so. Those are yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard too, the, like you can, 
you could clone those from the roots pretty easily. So if you get a variety that uh, yeah, has like a you know big fat tap root, yeah, kind of get that trait by just definitely cutting the root up and then doing root cuttings. Huh, interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they so. seem to really want to grow. I think I told you that, but I I had a groundhog just devouring my skirt, you know? And um, this is when I got like one, one plant up to the common ground fair in Maine. Um, I got one little, little piece of root that I could, you know, that was viable so i brought it back home grew it for a couple of years and so i was really trying to nurture this thing up to the point where i could taste it or divide it or you know and so i think it was my first year i actually divided it up a little bit and this groundhog just comes in and is like hammering on my on my spirit plants so i got a big have heart trap and and took a bunch of cuttings off the spirit and put them in a glass jar just so they wouldn't wilt. And I jammed it in the have a heart as bait, you know, because I was going to bait this groundhog into the have a heart trap with the spirit. And of course I didn't catch the groundhog at all, but like four or five days I went to get the spirit, you know, the jar of spirit out of there. And they had all rooted in the, in the jar, <laughs> this big jar full of rooted cuttings. That's nice. So, yeah, that little I can kind of thank that little groundhog now for showing me how to propagate scarab from stem cuttings. <laughs> I wouldn't have tried that, I don't think. But yeah. so that works pretty good. That works pretty good too. But boy, when they get big, they make just thousands and thousands of seed. You know, they're like carrots. They just have this yeah. like huge top full of seeds. So yeah, those huge humble flowers. <clears throat> yep, definitely. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So you want to talk about cannabis seeds a little bit? Um, yeah, cannabis seeds. It's pretty exciting. Pretty exciting endeavor. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm, I'm only allowed a couple out in Vermont. So, um, but what I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to try an auto auto flower. I am excited. I don't know if I told you that, but I am actually excited to try those auto flowers out. Yeah, and I'll I'll send you more. Um, I just did my F two, yeah. sour maiden, so I'll send you some of those. And then I gotta, cause I gotta test those too. But it'll be cool to see what, how they do outside. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. And those are gonna be all fem seeds too, so it'll be all female. Okay. Yep. That's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah. I mean, that's tempting to, it's tempting. I mean, I, I, I didn't really ever want to go the auto route, you know, until you, well, until things kind of changed and it seems like autos are actually, are actually better than they used to be really. Oh yeah. Yeah. But uh, as soon as I started thinking about breeding with autos, it's like, oh man, that like <laughs> it's a whole different world, kind of, you know. I mean, especially especially breeding autos in with with photos because you know then you're gonna get mixed traits 
and only a handful of your offspring being auto, you know? Yeah. Even, even the first generation, a lot of the crosses, um, they're, they're completely photo. And then it'll be like the F2 generation. You'll see like the, you know, a quarter of the population, which are recessive okay. trait yep. actually be, be a true auto. That makes sense. That so, makes sense. For sure. But yeah, the cool thing about autos too, is you can even get two seed crops. Like if you do an early auto, and like start them in april you'll be done yep. by like you know end of june and yeah so like you plan out your photos beginning of june i mean they're not they haven't even put out any flowers yet so right. you don't have to worry that's, about cross-pollination or anything that's really cool yeah so yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out if yeah well i mean maybe you've got some insight on this I've been trying to figure out if, um, you know, if like true F1 is going to be fairly uniform, um, and an inbred, you know, an inbred line or a worked line is going to be fairly uniform eventually, you know, if you're F3, 4, 5, or 6, or something like that. Yeah. Um, is there any way, have you found that there's any way to tell, like if you, if you just end up with random seed anywhere, you know, from who knows, an old friend or wh wherever, um, you know, can you tell in that first gen, that, that first year of growing that strain, whether you have an inbred line or an F or a true F1, um, you know, if everything's uh, pretty uniform, Hey, you can't really tell, right? Yeah, I mean, even in some F1 lines, things aren't very uniform. I mean, it really depends on the the genes and the traits of the, the two parent plants. Right. Um, it's going to lead more towards whatever the dominant traits are. Yeah. So you're going to have not as much variation as you would in like an F2 or even yeah. an F3 if you didn't do any selection and just have an open population. But yeah, yeah I don't know. It depends. Because you could yeah. do like, oh, yeah, this, even like, you know, uh, hybrid tomatoes, you could be like, oh, the F1 is super uniform. And then you do go to F2 and it's like all over the place. Whereas right. you take like an heirloom that's like super stable, you, which is probably like F20 something, you know, who knows? Yeah. And the next generation is going to be super stable. So right. I don't know. It's, it could be, right. it could be all over the place. Yeah. I guess by F2 or F3, you kind of know more of what you're working with, but yeah. 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 I've just run into stuff in the past. that's like amazingly uniform, you know, and it's like, just always wondered whether I'm working with a very stable line or it's just an F1 from two stable lines, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's basically how you'd make a hybrid tomato. You have two lines that are, similar enough um to where they have the very similar dominant traits but like have enough um diversity where you get that hybrid vigor so, right yeah 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 no, it's tempting to move out west or you know i just love to be able to grow hundreds of plants and just do it <laughs> really really do it right yeah uh yeah. now nah, wait wait a, wait a year you'll be fine 
Yeah. Nobody hopefully. nobody cares now, anyways. So hopefully Vermont loosens up a little bit anyway. But yeah. I was tempted. I was tempted to get right into right into CBD genetics, but uh, or you can get a hemp license where you're at, and you could probably. There's like no. I don't think you have a cap. Well, so New Hampshire. New Hampshire is so we're like so behind. You know, it really. It's really pretty ridiculous. I looked into doing it in New Hampshire because I've got some friends who've got, you know, old farms and tons of field and water and everything you need. And they were going to be, they were totally into it. But when I started looking into it, it sounded like, it sounded like this, the state of New Hampshire was like, yeah, you just need your federal license, which there isn't really a federal license it's like up to the states so it, was, it seemed like new hampshire was kind of putting it in the fed federal hands for growing hemp and there's like nowhere to really go <laughs> you know yeah i know what you mean i mean there are you you can federally grow grow hemp industrial hemp <clears throat> any anywhere yeah yeah that 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 was the uh what was it 2018 farm bill yeah yeah so, right, but you're yeah. but you're still have to supposed to have like your state. Yeah, obviously you have to comply. Yeah, you have to comply right. whatever the state has. Yeah. So New Hampshire, I think New Hampshire just really hasn't gotten their nobody their has. act together. Like they no. haven't printed off printed off the paperwork yet. That's, that's Vermont, how it is here too. Vermont has though. You know, I think it was well last time I checked, maybe last year, a couple of years ago, it was twenty five bucks for a license. You know. A hemp license you grow as much as you want yeah i think here it's like uh four hundred dollars and you have a cap of like i think it's four hundred dollars for every five acres and you could have yep. no more than five plots so you could have like one acre plots oh, wow. in the state but no more than whatever however it caps or whatever there's no huh. plant count it's all acreage caps right so i forget that's specifically yeah that's interesting but they're pretty they're pretty lenient. I mean you can kinda of grow whatever and if it tests hot, you just gotta burn it. So <laughs> Right. Yeah. You just gotta be done before they test it. <laughs> right. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they were saying in Vermont too. It was like you just had to had to have a way to dispose yeah. if it tested over. So Yep. You burn it. You burn it slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Every night. We'll Over a long period of time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. The CBD market's crazy, man. Working in the industry is like, it's pretty it's pretty nuts. Um, yeah. You definitely have to do something that more than just, you know, grow a massive field of CBD. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it's a process for sure. And it sounded like everybody up here, probably across the country, really, were like having kind of a hard time dealing with it. It's like Especially this it. year. Yep. Growing it's the easy part. Yeah. And you got to deal with it. <clears throat> but it's a fun plant. Fun plant to grow, whether it's got THC or not. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool plant, but... But breeding, breeding is cool because everybody seems to have their own ideas about <clears throat> what's right, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. With breeding cannabis. And and I think that's great because nobody's going to breed really 
I mean, there's similarities between everybody, but nobody's going to really do the same thing. <clears throat> I mean, of course, selection wise, you know, you're all, everybody's going to kind of choose different stuff for different reasons. But I mean, I'm convinced. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I'd like to play with it more. I'd like to, I'd like the freedom to play with it more really. <clears throat> but I see potential in like everything. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy That's... too. Cause I think so many people in the industry still have like, they don't have the mindset for population breeding. They're still stuck in a, like, I'm going to pick my male and my female and I'm going to make yep. this run of seeds. And it's like, I don't know any other industry that does that. Yeah. Everyone yep. else does populations. Yeah. I mean, you might, you might take a plant that has like a specific trait and then breed it to others. Right. Like not, I don't know anyone who's doing like a single plant to a single plant cross and yeah. that's it. Like I yeah. might take a cucumber, you know, variety that I like, and I might take, you know, p- pick a flower and do it to another flower, but then I'm growing all that seed out. And then yeah. now I'm, now I'm working that whole population. I'm not like picking the single cucumbers in that population and doing it again. Right. It's like, yeah. It's, it's interesting. That's why everything it's gets bottlenecked so, so quick. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Well, we've got that, that strain around Vermont, that Compton land race that, You've heard of that, right? The Compton oh, yeah. Land Race. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting plant for sure. <clears throat> and um when I looked up the lineage and I'm I'll I'll forget what it is, but I forget it's like a motor mouth open pollination with I forget what, but there was a whole bunch of different potential strains mixed up into the Compton land race you know definitely didn't seem like an intentional you know or that that particular phenotype wasn't wasn't what what they were going after you know it was like it was a random seemed like a random maybe not random but it was definitely an open pollination of of a handful of different things and this is one that came out of it that, that happens to be really impressive. So I don't know. I think a lot of breeders, you know, have, I mean, I don't know. There's, there's validity in doing it all these different ways. And, and who am I? I'm so not experienced really compared to most people to even talk about it. But, <laughs> but uh, I think there's potential. In, in all these different ways you could go with, with breeding cannabis, you know? And yeah. And I just, I, I want to see what every different cross shows, you know? And it seems like stuff that you might not think is very exciting. You know, those genes can realign and come out with something really, really impressive, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So I'd love to like really experiment with that. Hopefully someday we can, I can feel comfortable enough to really go for it. But. <laughs> Just do it. Man. Just do it. 
Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would like to. I'll have to what? start braiding. I'll have to start braiding potatoes instead. <laughs> there you go. Pot- no, there's nothing wrong with potato braiding, you know. Yeah. What do you got? We have like what six six varieties in the grocery store. That's it. Right. It's true. Yeah. The market's <laughs> wide open. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Um. Saving seed, I don't know. Yeah, saving seed. I saved a bunch of seed this year of all sorts of stuff. I mean, you you really kind of ignited the fire and seed saving in me this this year. I saved all sorts of seed. It's fun. A lot of a lot of. I mean, for the nursery, a lot of perennial stuff too. You know, kind of. Oh, nice. Weird, weird, rare stuff, but but. Yeah, it's a fun it's a fun fun thing to do. It's like you know, I mean, obviously people have been doing it for thousands of years, you know? So it's definitely like as soon as you start saving seed, it's like you're kinda of tapping into you know, it makes you feel a little bit more human as soon as you start doing it. Yeah. I feel like you know you know the plant so much better. Yeah. It's definitely. different than like especially like a crop like lettuce or something where you're like, yeah, I can grow a lettuce plant, but then you harvest it before it's even like close to maturity to take like, you know, like I did, I've been doing uh, butterheads this year and to do a butterhead from, you know, a plug to all the way to the end or harvesting the seed. It's like halfway through the growing season. It's a completely different plant. Right. Yeah. Things like three feet tall. It's got like two feet wide. It's got these crazy looking, (laughs) flowers yeah they're cool lettuce lettuce are really they're really pretty plants too when they flower they are yeah i was i was growing that merlot which is like a deep 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 red purple and uh then they grow up and they bloom they've got kind of gray stems and they bloom out with yellow flowers on the purple foliage it's like they're really pretty but yeah Yeah, <clears throat> it's a commodity, dude. It's like I've made a couple, you know, either just giving seeds away or made some trades with people. It's like pretty cool. Oh yeah, you could you could trade those things, man. That's what I like. It's like a little, it's like gold. Definitely, <laughs> I've it traded really like is. so many random <laughs> my yep. bow. I've I've yep. gotten like three bow strings from like seed trades and stuff. So it's oh yeah, pretty yeah. Pretty nice. Yeah. It's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I usually end up trading seeds for other seeds. <laughs> yeah, that too. The problem is like you end up with me where I literally have a shelf that I built to hold all right. my seeds and my wife is getting annoyed that I'm taking up the entire upstairs with paper yeah. bags of seeds everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. But yeah, I've got part of our fridge. Part of our fridge is taken up with seeds right now. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. well, um, you want to drop your plugs again for everyone so they could find you? Yeah, basically, uh, 
Well, my real, my physical real plug is, is Main Street, Bethlehem, New Hampshire, Yonder Mountain Nursery. And uh, pretty easy to find. Of course, you can Google all that stuff these days, but we're in a Main Street. And uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, pretty much Yonder Mountain Nursery or uh, Shire Farmer. And that's about it for plugs. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it for this episode. I'd like to thank Lars for coming on again. And if you'd like to support the show, check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Focus You can also follow me on Instagram at Focus Seeds or check out my website, FocusSeeds.com. Happy growing. Peace.